Hey, this is Ashley, and this is School on Life, a weekly podcast about life, love, and occasionally libations. If you're not already following us on social, follow us on Instagram at School on Life Podcast. That's at S C H O L I N Life Podcast. Also, did you know that every episode is posted also on our website at School on Life Pod? That's www.schoolonlifepod.com. This week in Mentor Moment, I have a question for you. Did you play red light, green light as a kid? I remember I remember how fun it was to run and rush to the finish line when the green light was yelled and then be brought to a quick freeze when the person yelled out the commands of red light. All of the stopping and starting was exhilarating as a kid, but as, as at our big grown age, it's not. More now than ever, there are things that you should stop doing before they derail your career. Here are a few things that you might stop doing, and also here are a few things that you might start doing to really advance your career in a meaningful way. Stop sitting on the sidelines watching other high-achieving women succeed in an industry you know like the back of your hand, and instead start leveraging your existing degree and skill set to make more money and have more impact in your career. Stop wasting time with DIY resume, cover letter, and LinkedIn profiles that you've had since undergrad. Start investing in expert level help to ensure your materials gain the attention of employers and showcase you like the expert that you are. Stop procrastinating to apply for new roles because you've been out of the game for so long and you don't really know where to begin. Start beginning a job search that has that is led by strategy, not happenstance, and that actually drives results. Stop downplaying your desires and need to make more money. And start getting real about the fact that you need to make more than $50,000 a year and working side hustles and second jobs isn't the way to get there. Stop constantly second guessing your expertise and falling for the lies of imposter syndrome and start moving away from a role, moving away from a role where you actually are an imposter because honestly you hate this job and you know you're faking it. More now than ever, it's time to stop doing what we've always done and driving the same results and start doing things that really align with our skills and our values that will help drive meaningful results in your career. If you're ready for a full evaluation of what you might stop doing and what you need to start doing to advance your career, check out my website at mentor-me.org. At mentor-me.org on the homepage, page, there's a career advancement assessment. It really helps professional women identify what they might be doing right now in their career that's causing a gap and what they should start doing in their career so they can really drive action. Take the assessment today. It's on my website at mentor-me.org. It's on the homepage. You put in your name and email. It will email you the assessment and then you can DM me your score on Instagram or just email me back your score so that I can learn more about you and what's going on in your career, what you might need to stop doing, what you might start doing, and how you can advance your career in a meaningful way. This week in I Digress, we're talking who shows up and the power of presence. After a year of social and physical distancing, the power of presence means more than ever. Who shows up for you? Who doesn't? And how it all makes you feel matters. So listen this week as I break down the societal norms that have left me feeling on the outside of who shows up for me and what I'm doing about it. So I think that physical presence has always been important to me. I grew up 
as the oldest of seven children and always had people around, right? I have learned to be alone in my like older years and like, you know, value alone time and being by myself and, you know, doing things my, by myself, social, you know, solo trips and, you know, going to dinner by myself, et cetera. But you just can't deny the power of presence. You can't deny people being around you, people that you know, that the, that know you, that love you. Community and connection really matter. And it's undeniable. And I think, you know, since March 2020, you know, up till now, right? So 18, over the last 18 months or so, a lot of that presence has been stripped away from us, right? Like, that that ability to connect in a meaningful way without fear of a deadly virus or fear of you know hurting someone you love with with COVID-19 has been stripped away from us. And so we are, you know, really locked in, right? And leaning into maybe, or I mean, I shouldn't say we, I feel like I am more locked in and leaning into the importance of presence. And and even like zooming out well before COVID-19. I think I've always really valued showing up for people, always really valued being shown up for, you know, always really understand the power of my own presence. Like, I feel like I am a person people enjoy being around. I'm a person that, you know, really lights up a room, you know, certainly it's good to connect with my people on the phone or, you know, chop it up with them in a FaceTime, but, you know, being with someone, sitting with someone, holding someone's hand, there's just, that's just really powerful. And, and I've always valued that. And I think that I'm in a point in my life right now where, like, I'm a woman of a certain age, I'm a woman in my mid thirties. And I think, the ways in which people show up for women in their mid thirties or just like women after they turn 20, I feel like after you move out of adolescence, the ways that people feel like they need to show up for women are all connected to someone else. So for example, like, I feel like people understand like, or people, there are societal norms that speak to the ways in which the expectations around showing up for women when they get married, right? So their connection to a man or another woman even, or another human, there are societal norms that like speak to the importance of showing up for that. So, right, like people are very likely to show up for, you know, your wedding or your bridal shower or your bachelorette party, you know, for women, right? Like that, that's a societal norm and people are likely, right, to show up for you for like a baby shower, you know, like your connection to a child, right? They're likely to show up for you for that. That feels like a meaningful reason, if you will, to like show up for people. But, and I, I feel like I've always known this, but I definitely feel like it has become more apparent to me, like as I get older, is that like, if you never have any of those miles or, or in the other way, people sometimes will show up is housewarmings, right? So like, if you purchase a house, if you buy a house, then people will show up for you. So it's, it's, but it's always this connection to other things, other people, a child, a a partner, or something like a home, but if you never meet, hit those milestones, right? Like, or if those not are not milestones for you, right? Like if you don't desire home ownership or you're not planning to have any kids or marriage is delayed or denied for you, then people just don't show up for you in the same, like they don't show 
up for you. And I guess I'll put a period there or there's no societal norms, right? To show up for women outside of those things. There's no expectation, right? That people show up for you maybe when you start a business or, you know, business showers, for example, I think are like a new age thing, but definitely not something that people like traditionally show up for, or I don't know, you get a promotion, like you might get a like congratulations text, but like, you know, nobody's sort of throwing a party and paying into that. Like they would do if you were getting married and having a bridal shower, right? Like the, just the expectations are different. And it's just, it's something that I'm, it's something that I've been kind of reflecting on and thinking about and thinking about like, what's important to me and what's important about the ways in which people in my life show up for me and what that means to me and who shows up and when they show up and and how they show up. And it's just caused me to do a lot of reflecting. I definitely want people in my life that are willing to show up for me and that will show up for me, like not just like in spirit, right? But like in full body when it's not tied to some thing else, like when their presence isn't tied to me and something else. And I think that that's a reasonable desire, right? I think that that is a a reasonable desire. And I think more now than ever, I'm really evaluating like who shows up and and, and who doesn't and, and what that means for me and my life and my friendships and and just re- really evaluating that. So one of the things that I'm doing about it, right? So one of the things that I'm I'm doing about it is that I I think and I think I've talked to you about this on the show. I'm very much an acute therapy user. Like I believe in the power of therapy. Have leveraged therapy for breakups and grief and any number of other sort of things in my life. But one of the things that I'm doing about this sort of conundrum of who shows up and how I feel about it, I'm going to be going back to therapy. I am really excited. I have an upcoming appointment with the therapist and I'll be talking to them about, you know, some of the feelings I'm having and, and what to do about them and how to navigate them in a way that feels like meaningful and supportive for me. And just like checking my expectations. I think sometimes we have expectations that maybe aren't reasonable or, you know, sort of idea that like feelings aren't facts. So how do you check in? (laughs) How do you check your feelings to make sure that you're not like making up facts and and doing that in a way that's, yeah, doing that in a way that centers you and your well-being and doesn't harm other people in the process. And so I'm really excited about that because I really do believe in the power of therapy to like help me sort out my feelings and emotions, and then to be able to take action on those in a meaningful way. And I'm just excited to be productive around this. Friendship is so important to me. Who shows up is so important to me. And, and I am excited to like investigate it in a way that feels like supportive and one in which I can like take action on and have it be like meaningful for me in a, (laughs) in a meaningful way. And so, yeah, I'm so glad for this space where I can be super vulnerable, where I can like talk about my feelings around this, this, you know, school and life has always been a space where we could school life, where we could get better, where we could talk about things that were hard, where we could like navigate difficult conversations. And I'm so glad that 
you know, this continues to be that space. And so if you have ever navigated who shows up for you, or, you know, if you've ever grappled with that, I'd love to know how, you know, how you grappled with that word. What were some of the questions you were asking yourself? Like, how have you navigated that? Have you had conversations with the people in your life about how they show up for you or don't show up for you? How did those conversations go? How did they end? Are you still friends with those people? You know, were you able to repair the relationship? I'd love to kind of dialogue about that with this community. It's been one that's been so supportive for me for, you know, the last four years and and for I know for many years to come it will be. And I'm just excited to dive in with this community around this. So I digress, but I'm excited to hear your stories. Don't hesitate to email at school and life pod or hello at schoolandlifepod.com. That's H-E-L-L-O at schoolandlifepod.com. If you want to send a private message, you can also just comment under the show at School and Life Podcast on Instagram. You can comment on the sh- under the show notes to share your own experience or around who shows up and, and how to navigate that. And I'm excited to read those and share back and be in community with you. And I digress. So this week in Um, TVT, we're talking Good Trouble, the July episode. So Good Trouble is a show on Freeform that follows the, I guess, the life and times of two sisters who live together in a non-traditional sort of loft co-op community. (laughs) And in that, it, it just, it like outlines like how like those relationships, you know, are entangled. And a couple of storylines that popped out to me that I thought I'd talk about in this episode. So the first storyline is Callie and her on again, off again boyfriend. They are on again and have decided that they want to give it another go, even though she's still working opposite of Jamie, her ex-boyfriend, who some would say she still is totally in love with. She's working opposite of him on a case. She has decided to give it another go with Gael, and they're in the thick of, you know, their romance and relationship when he brings a baby mama home. That's right. Got, like, basically some rando girl who like everybody like she stopped by the <clears throat> the coterie the community they live in a couple times and like everybody hated her she tried to like break up her sister and her boyfriend before it's just a whole mess Callie has <clears throat> decided to date Gael and the and Gael ended up getting this girl pregnant you know they're they're having a child together and Callie knew about it right like he, he did share it with her but they're you know they're doing more around how they're going to co-parent and you know he's trying to support her as you know she is trying to like get on her feet her parents cut her off she's basically homeless now like this whole thing and of course Callie you know loves a complicated situation so she's still trying to date him while he's you know in first trimester with his baby mama (laughs) so that is a mess and just um like an interesting story is like Callie tries to be you know quote unquote an adult about it and support him as you know he is trying to navigate this new relationship with the mother of his child but you know the the you know, time for them to connect with one another, talk, be intimate, like any of that stuff is cut off by the fact that, you know, this new woman needs him and, you know, in ways that, you know, only he can provide as a father um, of the child. So that has been interesting to kind of watch that unfold. I think I maybe have one more episode to catch up on, on that show. 
can't quite remember, or they have an upcoming episode. I'm hoping they have some more episodes this August for me to dive into before this season is up. And then Mariana, Mariana basically stands up to her boyfriend who was cutting her friends out on a deal with their old job, but because her friends didn't know that she was dating like their former boss. They've cut her out on the new product that they were supposed to launch together, which was her idea, which I don't understand why she didn't fight back on that. Like, I feel like if it was her idea, she should have fought back. She should have said like, Hey, I'm not going to let you steal this from out, out from under me. Like, this is my idea too. You know, we need to go in on this together, whatever, but I don't know. She's kind of navigating that, but, but yeah, like they, they cut her out of the deal. And so now she's out of a job looking for new work, trying to figure out, you know, should she go back into the tech space when she randomly picks up a job at at Callie's law office, answering phones, which obviously is very beneath her skill set. And as a career coach, I was very disappointed to see that, but it just sounds like she kind of needs a break and is trying to like navigate. I mean, I'm sure she'll be back in the tech space in no time, but still just trying to navigate that and has been a challenge for her. So that is an interesting storyline. And then Malika, oh, our girl Malika, she was in a relationship with a guy that she really loved, started to connect with a colleague, kind of had a crush on him, advanced in that crush, and then realized that her coworker is Polly, and he was totally down to bring her on as a third or fifth or whatever. But she's still like, oh gosh, like, I'm not sure about this kind of thing. And, but then told, you know, her boyfriend about the poly situation. He wasn't down for it. And now she's leaning into this relationship with this other guy, but his primary is really getting in the way. So yeah, like it just reaffirmed for me that poly life is not for me. I just cannot see myself like being someone's second or even like, even if I'm the first, like it's still just, yeah, it feels like a challenge, but she's navigating through it. She's finally told her girlfriends about this, this relationship because she was kind of not telling them and and that was awkward and like because she wanted their support but was fearful that they wouldn't show up for her shout out to digress or they wouldn't like like understand what she was going through but she has told them and they were supportive and so that's awesome and so yeah I I think I'm really loving the July episodes if you're not already watching Good Trouble definitely start season one um, a lot of the storylines like or the character development really happens early in the se- in the series so definitely hop on that bandwagon and if you didn't know the July episodes were out they are out and they they're really good I think they did some good work in July so I'm excited to talk about those and hopefully they'll be able to pick up some episodes this fall as well so I can get back into Good Trouble. That wraps up this week's episode of School on Life. Thanks so much for listening. Happy August. It is my favorite month of the year and I'm excited for all of our episodes this month. School's out. Class dismissed.